Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. We know Paul. We know Jesus. Who are you? So what gives you the right, the authority, that's a better word, the authority to use the name of Jesus is because you belong to him. You know, we also covered the fact that we are engaged in a conflict between two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And this conflict does not respond to your grammar. It does not respond to your accent. <laughs> it does not respond to uh, your color, your height, your age. It responds to power. And Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. So it's a conflict. Even the devil himself understands that it takes power. We also covered that Jesus Christ himself was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and power, and the power of God is the, the ability of God, the strength of God, to make things happen, amen? So if, for, if, if, if we are going to do the same thing that Jesus did, we have to have the same equipment, Glory to God. So we covered that. Also, we said, how do we do the works of Jesus? One of the uh, critical ingredients to doing the works of Jesus is to have a working knowledge of the word of God. Not just a head knowledge. A revelation of the word of God. That word has to become flesh on the inside of you. The Bible says in John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. I'm not, just, I'm not saying that the word becomes flesh and blood. I mean the word takes form inside you. The word on healing takes form inside you. The word on miracles takes form inside you. The same thing we find even with our salvation. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. Lest they come to the knowledge of the truth and receive the gospel. But when they, just like you and I, when the revelation of that truth dawned on the inside of you, that was what drew you to the foot of the cross that made you accept him as your Lord and Savior. The same thing, there are revelations of different truths in the word of God. For us to walk in it, that word has to become flesh. It's not enough for you to hear it. Yes, faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But that word that you heard has to take form on the inside of you. That's when it becomes revelation. That, that's when it becomes rema. It's no, it's no longer the logos. It becomes rema to you. Then you can walk in it. Amen. You begin to see it manifest in your own life. And then you can be a conduit to deliver it to others which is what God has called us to do. And we also covered that Jesus, when he was living, he, he deputized us. He anointed us. He said, go in my name. Cast out devils. Lay hands on the sick. Preach this good news. Amen? And you will see results. We also covered 
that the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which we are going to delve into in a little bit more detail, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is very relevant and very important to us functioning as the body of Christ in this day and in this generation. Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the one that divides the gifts, the nine gifts. Who can help me? Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gift of faith, gift of working of miracles, gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. It's through those nine gifts that God does his works in the earth. And we also covered the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. God uses those offices to do ministry, but that does not mean it precludes the rest of the body of Christ from acting or doing the works of Jesus because I don't have any of the fivefold ministry. Because Jesus said, let's read the passage that our anchor scripture. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than this he will do, because I go unto my Father. So we establish that this means every member of the body of Christ, Every one of us, we are called to do the works. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are called to do the works of Jesus. And he said, the reason you are going to be able to do this is because I've anointed you. I've deputized you. You are a member of the body. And we use the analogy of the human body. So I've got my head, my nose. Part of my head includes my nose, my eyes, my mouth and some other internal organs. And that piece connects with the neck, connects with the torso, connects with the shoulder, connects with the loin, connects with the legs. They are all connected. They function as one unit. Even though the nose, it's its own thing, but it's also connected with the mouth, connected with the tongue. All of them connected. So you are a member of the body of Christ. If the anointing is on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are a member of that body. Guess what? The same anointing that is on Jesus is on you. The same Holy Spirit that is on Jesus is on you. So we just have to walk in that revelation that I'm not a puny, uh, broke-down believer. No, there's none of that. The difference is revelation. Understanding this truth and walking in the light of it. If you see a believer that's functioning at a high level, in the things of the Spirit, in the, in the power of God, the difference between that believer and another believer that's not functioning there is revelation. That's it. It's revelation. That person that's not functioning there, they have the same potential that this other person has. They just don't know it yet. And that's why this type of services and this, your Bible study, your fellowship time with the Holy Spirit is so crucial to understand how to function in the things of God. And that's why we are doing all of this. We also cover the role of faith in doing the works of Jesus. You are not going to do the works of Jesus if you don't know how to operate in faith. As a matter of fact, the kingdom of God, the, one of the basic foundations of operating in the kingdom is faith. Because you got born again by faith. <laughs> you are going to live by faith. 
And I have it on great authority that even in heaven we are going to use our faith. So you better learn it. You better learn it now. Because God himself uses faith. Because the Bible tells us, God, even God, who calls those things that be not as though they were. Everything that he made, the whole universe, he created it from a place of faith. And think about it this way. Lions beget lions. Dogs beget dogs. Gives birth to dogs. I'm using King James English. It's in my brain. <laughs> lions produce lions. Dogs produce dogs. God produce what? I have said ye are gods, and all of you are children of the most high. Many believers choke on that. Say, how can I be a god? Well, if you are a dog, you produce a dog. If you are a cat, you produce a cat. If you are a god, you produce gods. And I'm not saying you are equal with God. Don't misunderstand me. I'm saying the offspring of God is small G-O-D. It's in scripture. He said, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. That's why the devil hates us so much, because we are in his image. Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. God did not fashion man out of some other material. It came out of him. We came out of him. Amen? You are a, 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 an offspring of the Father. And the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, you gave, became born again, you are reunited back to your authority, your placement in the Father. And that revelation, that understanding of that revelation will give you the, the consciousness to be able to walk like Jesus walked. To be able to speak to the elements. To be able to speak to cancer. To be able to speak to situations. He has given us authority. We have to know that. So we understand that the role of faith is very important for us to, to walk the works of Jesus. And we also covered last time that Jesus told us to heal the sick. He didn't just say pray for the sick. Yes, praying for the sick is the way to get to the healing. But he told us, go, heal the sick, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen? And I also mentioned by the Holy Ghost last time that the story of the man Joseph. The scripture tells us in the book of Psalms that the word of the Lord tested him. In other words, you have a word from God, whether it's the written word that you read from your Bible or something that God spoke to you, and you are standing on that word, and it looks like that word is not true. It looks like that word is going to fall to the ground. You stand and you stand, and one day that word will produce. Amen. Because he sent his word, and his word healed them. And the word of God does not fall to the ground. He produces what he sent it to do. It's, it's a word giving an assignment. It's like a heat-seeking missile. For those of you that are military people or you like to watch movies and things like that, there's something called heat-seeking missile. In other words, they designed that missile when they release it, when they shoot it, when they, uh, how do, what is the, when they launch it, thank you, that's what I was looking for. When they launch the missile, the missile is looking for the hardest surface or item in that atmosphere. So when it finds the hardest thing, doesn't matter what it is, it's going after it. 
that thing moves, it goes after it. When that thing moves, it has to prosecute and detonate in that particular object. Because that's the way it was designed. So the same thing, the word of God by nature, because the word of God is God, by nature, what it's designed to do, if you don't give up on it, that's the caveat. If you don't let it go, if you don't give up on it, that word will produce. It will not lie. It will produce. Glory to God. So you have to be a, a person that have this truth settled in your heart. No matter what is going on, on good days, on bad days, you understand that I know your word is true. Sometimes I will kneel down in my prayer time. I say, Lord, I, I know your word is true, and I believe it. I don't care what is happening. I don't care what they are saying. I don't care what the doctors are saying. I don't care what is happening over there, over there. I believe this. Glory to God. You have to get radical like that. You have to just pack yourself on the promises of God. You have to just wrap it around yourself and, and stay there. And I, I'm not movable. I'm not moving anywhere. There was a story that Papa Egan told. He's, I'm impromptu about the Holy Spirit to share that. I think I've shared it before, but I'll share it again. So there was uh, a military, uh, like naval base. They were doing some training, and they have this giant ship. You know how all those big, like almost Titanic-sized ship? They have these long, gigantic ropes that they have to use to anchor it on this side and on this side to keep it steady. So they, all these guys were doing that. They were trying to hook this thing down. In the process of doing that, the ropes just And these are very, very thick, very wide ropes. So these guys are holding onto the ropes, and the ropes flung them into the air. And then military guys just falling to their death, and falling to their death, and falling to their death. And then there was this guy. He was just standing there in the sky, almost like in the, in the clouds, and they were waiting for him to fall. Meanwhile, they've dispatched 911, called for you know, emergency services to show up, to start taking care of the people that fell at five feet, the people that fell at 10, because eventually, you know, after you get tired, you lose the rope, and then down you go. But this guy is just there, and the women passing out, children passing out, they're like, oh my God, any moment now, this guy is going to fall. So finally, they got the, the uh, firemen and all the crews, they showed up, and they finally got to him, and they brought him down. They said, how were how how you able to hold on for almost an hour? It was in the air for almost an hour. People were dropping at 10 minutes, at 7 minutes, at 5 minutes, they're dropping. How were you able to hold on? He said, I, I didn't hold on. When the rope flung me in the sky, I saw that there's no way that I'm going to hold on. So I wrapped the rope around me. So I wasn't holding on to the rope. The rope was holding on to me. So the same thing, you have to wrap the word of God around you. And you just enjoy the view. That was what he was doing. Everybody was freaking out, you know, like they looked like ants to him. Everybody was freaking out down there like, man, any second now, this guy is going to drop. Any second now, this guy is going to, there's no way. He drops, he's dead. Forget it. He's dead. He's just going to be a smudge on the, on, the, on the tarmac. But when they got to him, he said, no, 
I wasn't holding on to the rope. When I saw that there's no way I'm going to do this, I wrapped the rope around me. I tied the knot, and I was just enjoying the view. Amen? The same thing as a believer, as a child of God. You have to wrap the word of God around you so tight that it cuddles you, that no matter what's happening, people are wondering, how are you doing it, sister? How are you going from day to day? Don't worry. You don't know my secret. I've wrapped the word of God around me, and I'm holding on to it. Because it will not lie. That word would not lie. It's the, the word of God is God. John 1.1. 1, 1. The word of God is, is God himself. So when you wrap the word of God around you, and you hold on to it, it will not lie. That's what scripture says. That word will produce if you don't faint, if you don't give up. So you have to be a student and a practitioner of the word. Come hell or high water. Come rain or shine. Praise the Lord. Also, you have to understand the role that preaching and teaching the word of God does in the doing of the works of Jesus. You know, many times people will say, well, we don't need the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I mean, we all have the Bible. I said before that there are people that are watching, uh, that will watch this message, that probably know the Bible more than I do. But it's different for you to know the Bible. It's another thing to communicate the Bible. And it's not a function of knowledge. It's an anointing. It's a call. It's a grace that God gives you to stand in that office or whatever that office that God, God has called you to, to be able to communicate the word of God, to be able to teach, to be able to preach. It's not something you learn in Bible school. Yes, going to Bible school is good. You get knowledge of the word, but to communicate the word of God, to communicate with, with impact, with authority, that's an anointing. And we're going to get to that in a minute. So it's very, very necessary. And oh, by the way, the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the way he structured it. So he probably knows more than you do. <laughs> he knows more than I do. So he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Glory to God. He set up the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the same, for the edifying of the body, so that we all come to the maturity, to, to grow to the full stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, we talked about... I don't know if we spend a lot of time on that, but anyone that's in this audience, those that are watching from you, you know the role of prayer. You know the role of prayer in the life of a believer, in the life of a child of God. Just look at the life of Jesus Christ. He modeled that for us. Prayer is as essential to you as your faith is. Because without prayer, how do you communicate the desires of your heart to the Father? And how do you get anything done? And I share with us that God has commissioned us to go out in his name. Every opportunity that you see around your family, in your own life, around your friends, around your colleagues at work, every opportunity that God brings across your path, that's an opportunity for you to exercise your faith muscle, exercise your prayer muscle, exercise your believing muscle. Amen? Every opportunity you get. So prayer is a very vital part of doing the works of Jesus. So now let's get into the material that we have today. But before we get into that, um, the Lord gave me two analogies that I'm going to contrast for us. In Mark chapter 5, the Bible talked about the woman with the issue of blood. You know the story. 
Jairus was in that chapter as well, but I want to focus on the woman with the issue of blood. But I also want to look, I want you to remember John chapter 5. The Bible talked about the man by the pool of Bethesda, the man that was there for 38 years, I believe. So the, as I was meditating earlier today, the Lord was speaking to me about that. I said, I want you to re- look at these two people, the woman with the issue of blood and the man by the pool of Bethesda. Both of them got their miracle. Now, the one in John chapter 5 was waiting for the moving of the water. It's one of the strings that the Lord was doing miracles on the earth at that time. And he still does it today. The sovereign move of God. You know, God just sovereignly shows up. There was no faith on my part. There was no prayer per se on my part. All I have to do is just jump in the water. Now, the woman with the issue of blood on the other side... If you look at that man in John chapter 5, the Bible said he was sent, the Lord Jesus was sent by the Holy Ghost. He was led into that place. And he was the only one that Jesus spoke to. He was the only one that got a miracle that day. There are many in the body of Christ, they are like that man. They are waiting for the moving of the water. And it happens randomly at the discretion of the Father. But... God wants us to be like the woman with the issue of blood. You go and take it. You go to Jesus, you find the helm of his garment, and you take it. What does that mean? It means you mature in your faith, you mature in your understanding of the word of God, and you stay with it. You are like a dog with a bone. You stay with it. No matter what anybody says, I don't care doesn't bother me. Your opinion, as, if, it's, if it's not good, when it comes to the things of God, it's irrelevant to me. What you think about me when it comes to that, it's irrelevant. I stay with the word of God, and I believe it until that word produced. Because the Bible says that word would not lie. That word would not lie. It will always produce as long as I don't faint. And what are the things that makes us faint? Passage of time is a big one. Passage of time. A week has gone by. A month has gone by. A year has gone by. Maybe several years has gone by. What, Lord? What, Lord? There are many factors that plays into that. But if you don't give up, you will get what that word says. Amen? Glory to God. So, We've covered all of these things. Obviously, this is not an exhaustive list of what it takes to do the works of Jesus. For example, I mean, Jesus was very charitable. He was a giver. And we talked about that to some degree. You have to be, if you want God to be involved in your finances, then involve God in your finances. You can choose to cut him out of your money. And he's going to leave you alone. You see, there are many aspects of our lives, your finances, your family, your job, your health. I mean, you can list it. Those are different parts of your life. You can invite Jesus to any part of that or all of it because he's given us his word, how to involve him in those aspects of our life, specifically with your finance. He said, bring the tithe into the storehouse. And then he said, give, and it will come back to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together. So when, if you are a tight word, 
Is that a word? Tight word? If you are uh, a miser, somebody that will not give, if a dollar will come out of your hand, it's like from your cold, dead hand. Then you're on your own where your money is concerned. God loves you, but you are going to be broke. You are going to struggle because you told him, Lord, I don't need you in this. I got this. If you need him to be part of your health, then you follow what his word says, how to receive. <laughs> Glory to God. There are many believers that they compartmentalize their life and they've kicked Jesus out of certain areas. You know, there's a comedian, a Christian comedian that I listen to, Michael Jr., I think that's his name. And was telling a story about uh, an image that the Lord gave him. He said, you have a house, and in that house, when you come in, there's a living room. And it's a kind of living room where the, the plastic on the couch is still there. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want anybody to mess it up. But when you, there are other rooms in the house, you know, so basically saying you open the door and the Lord is standing at the door. Like the Bible says in Revelations, I stand at the door and I knock. And then you open the door, you say, Lord, come on in. And then you invite him into the living room. But the bedroom and the other part of the house say, Lord, no, no, that's off limit. <laughs> you can't go in there. <laughs> that one is off limit. Just stay in the living room. So the Lord is Lord in the living room of your life, but the rest of the house, the devil is running around ragged. Why don't you make him Lord of everything? Invite him into your health. Invite him into your marriage. Invite him into your finances. Invite him into your career. Invite him into everything. Everything. Your children, how you raise them. Uh, invite him into everything. Then you will see the glory of the Lord in every area of your life. Amen? But that's very important because many times we point fingers on God and we say, well, I'm a Christian and then I'm, I'm broke. But are you doing what the Bible says? Are you doing what the Word says? You have to be a doer. We spent some time on that too. You have to be a doer of the Word in order to see what the Word says you will see. You have to be a practitioner of the Word. Glory to God. So let's get into the passage, the, the material we have today. I, I love this. I can, I can preach on this for, for as long as you give me the opportunity because it's so rich. It's, it's life of Jesus. He wants us to have everything. The, the passion of the Lord is for every one of his children to be blessed. Going in, blessed coming out. Blessed in the pocketbook, blessed in their health. Am I standing here saying that Every area of my life, I have victory in all of them at this moment. No. There are some areas that I'm still standing in faith. Amen? There are some areas in my life that I'm still standing in faith. What I'm trying to tell you is this. I'm not quitting. And I'm not going to let you quit either. We are going to run this race together. Amen? You are not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. There's no quitter here. So you keep standing, you keep believing God, and you keep loving God, you keep running after God. God has been taking me through um, some more rigorous training on prayer. We know we are supposed to pray, but there are levels and different ways to pray. You know, the disciples came to the Lord Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, teach us how to pray, as John taught his own disciples. 
and the Lord began to speak. He broke it down. If you look at that passage, he said, say this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So he's, intro- he's giving us one dimension of how to pray. Praying to God, seeing him as Father. And then he went into a story that seemed not to be connected. He said there's a guy, <laughs> glory to God, a friend is coming and he doesn't have something to eat. He said, oh, Jesus, I was talking to you about prayer. You know, there's, there's a, an, another dimension of prayer that's in the court system of heaven. Amen? When the Lord gives me the opportunity, I will teach what I've learned, what the Lord has shown me about this. You go to court and present your case. The Bible calls him a judge. Who's a judge? A judge is somebody that sits on the bench and presides over cases. Amen? We see another story in the Old Testament about Job where the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, the one that accuses us day and night before the Father, shows up. Wait a minute. I thought he was kicked out of heaven. He has access to the courts. And then he goes into the court and said, you know, so-and-so, he must die. And then the Lord says, why? Because he did this, because he did this, because he did this, because he did this. And if you don't show up in court to present your case, you lose by default. Amen? We've seen that. I mean, I don't know if anybody in this room has been to courts before, and you had to argue a case and things like that. Sometimes you have to get a lawyer that knows what they're doing. Or if it's a simple, like, uh, DWI or something like that, you just say, I'm guilty, or I'm not guilty. But if you don't show up, you lose by default. So any child of God that doesn't have a prayer life, I pity them. I really do. I pity them. You don't have a prayer life, I pity you. If your prayer is one of those, um, like they say in my language, shuka, shuka, my, life, my wife will be laughing. Meaning, thank you, Jesus. Good morning, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And then off you go. I pity you. If that's the extent of your prayer life, I pity you. The Bible will talk about Jesus praying all night. He is the Son of God. <laughs> the Son of God. Why does he need to pray all night? When was the last time you prayed all night? Ouch. I got to move on. <laughs> Glory to God. When was the last time you prayed for two hours and you don't look at the clock? You know, when we start praying, how long has it been? Oh, five minutes? Yikes. Felt like 30. Felt more like 30. It's just five minutes. What's wrong? You know, one of the things that I've also learned is also you need to have a fasting life. You must live a fasted life. Take some days, not just because the church says it's time for us to fast. Yes, be part of that. Even some people don't even do that. Amen? Some people don't even do that. We did uh, 21 days fasting in January. Some people did not do one day. And you want to walk all over the devil. You have authority, quite all right, but there are some other things that Jesus did to model how the spiritual realm works for us. You must, be, you must learn how to put the food aside for some time to get before the Lord in prayer. You cannot ha- I've never seen anybody that truly have power and walk in power and walk in authority 
that does not do all of these things we are talking about. Having a fasting life, understanding the word, understanding how to operate in the, in the realm of the spirit. If you don't know all of that, then the devil will just take advantage of our ignorance. Amen? If every single day of the year, you are stuffing your face. You need to grow. You need to mature beyond that. You need to mature beyond that. Discipline your body and say, no, you know what? I'm going to do a seven-day fast. Why? Because I just want to get closer to God. There's no reason. I just want to be close to God. You skip meal in the morning, and then you don't eat until 6 o'clock. And then throughout that day, you are spending time in prayer and spending time with God. You want power? It's not just, uh, you know, we, we like and we do get it. You know, we went to voice of the apostle and voice of the prophet, and then you have impartation. That does happen. You, you get impartation. But there are some things that only comes from this lifestyle we are talking about. Amen? You want to see power? Put down the snacks. <laughs> Put down the snacks for a few days here and there. And just get along with God. And you don't have to announce it. You know, the Bible tells us about that. Anoint your face and don't proclaim it that, man, you know why I'm walking so weird right now? I've been fasting. <laughs> you get your reward right there. But you have to know. I mean, you read, you read after men and women that are used mightily by God. Contemporary men and women. Contemporary men of the Bible. They are men and women that knows these secrets. You know, one of the secrets that I also learned, I don't know if I'm going to get to my note today, but the Holy Spirit is just speaking to me. One of the secrets I learned from my spiritual father, he said the spiritual realm, one of the key source of power in the spiritual realm is sacrifice. Whether it's financial sacrifice, because the highest altar in every realm is Golgotha. Amen? Where Jesus was crucified, Jesus was sacrificed there. When you create an altar, oh, that's another topic that I don't want to get into. When you create an altar and you have a, altars have to have a sacrifice. You know, the Bible says, present your body as a living sacrifice, only as an acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. And do not be conforming to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, church. We have to understand all these truths and not just have it as head knowledge. You're actually practicing them in your daily walk. Amen? You have a time set aside and say, you know what? For the next you know, three days or for the next seven days, I'm just going to fast and, and wait on the Lord. And, you le- and, and the Lord spoke to Papa Egin in one of his books I read. He said the Lord spoke to him that you know, all this fasting you're doing, you will get further and faster and more power by living a fasted life. In other words, you, you constantly put your body down. Because what the problem we have, especially in the place of prayer, that, that makes us to be looking at the clock, is because our flesh is so alive. It's not crucified. And it's, it's very painful. It's not fun crucifying your flesh. Because your flesh wants what it wants, and it wants it now. I want the food. I want the cheese. I want the mac and cheese. I want, you know, pickle on top of it. 
But you have to learn to put the food away. If you want any considerable power in the kingdom, you have to learn the fasting as part of your Christian life. Jesus modeled that for us. doesn't mean you have to go, you know, completely no food for 40 days like Jesus did. But you can, you know, break your fast every day. We have all kinds of fasting. But I'm just, I'm just speaking as the Spirit of God is leading me tonight. You need all of that. Because, you know, when your prayer, and we talk about worship too. We had a session of worship a few weeks ago. Worship is another tool, another powerful force that moves multiple mountains in the realm of the spirit. Because when you worship God, number one, it's an atmosphere that he loves. That's the only atmosphere he lives in. He doesn't live in chaos. He doesn't live in unforgiveness. He doesn't live in uh, somebody that just yucky environment. He doesn't like that. He doesn't live in there. So if you have those type of environment, he's not there. He doesn't live there. So, but then when you learn the art of worship, you take that warfare to the next level. Amen? We've said over and over again, there is nothing that God can, cannot do. There is nothing that God cannot change. There is no situation that God cannot turn around. The question is, why are we not seeing more miracles, signs, and wonders in our midst? It's because of these things we are talking about. I'm saying this with all humility and all reverence. Look at the house right now. It's just a percentage of us that's here. Now, some people are at work. Some people are, uh, are not able to be here because of work. But do we value the things of God more than the beach, more than TV, more than whatever else we do? Of course, we need to have a strike a balance. I'm not saying don't watch TV, I watch TV. <laughs> I'm not saying don't eat cheese, I eat cheese. <laughs> There's time for everything. I was reading, um, I had a family meeting with my kids yesterday, and I opened the meeting with Ecclesiastes 3. Ecclesiastes 3 is talking about the times and seasons. There's a time to eat and the time to put the food away. There's a time to pray. There's a time to sleep. Amen? That's, that's part of what we are talking about. If you want to see what Jesus said we will see, these are the things that he did. Amen? And we begin to see that. Glory to God. So let's look at what we have here. Holy Spirit and his gifts. We are, this is necessary for us to do the works of Jesus. In Acts 1.8, the Bible says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8. Jesus needed the power of God while he was on the earth to do his ministry. You need the power of God to engage the forces of darkness. <laughs> Somebody said, Satan doesn't care about your grammar. Don't you know I'm Harvard educated? I went to Yale. I went to Cambridge. I, you know, I got all these degrees. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about your English, your, your phonetics, and the way you put the words together. Is do you believe the word? Do you know the word? 
and do you truly believe it? Because that's what really has effect in the realm of the spirit. You know, talking about the court system, when a judge makes a ruling, a ruling in your favor, it's irrelevant how tall your opponent is. It's irrelevant who they know. That ruling is binding. Amen? The same thing in the realm of the spirit. If you release the word of God, the word of God is power in the realm of the spirit. The word of God is power. In every language, in French, in Swahili, in English, in every language, if you know it, not head knowledge, heart knowledge, and you believe it and you release that word, that word will produce. It will not lie. Amen? That's doing the works of Jesus. That's when you begin to see results. You know, in the corporate world, we measure everything. We measure finances. We measure our productivity. We measure everything. Well, why don't we borrow the same analogy in our spiritual work? How far am I where I was last year in my spiritual work with God? How is my prayer life this year compared to last year or five years ago? How is my love work compared to last year or two years ago? How is my faith work compared to last year? Am I moving forward or am I retrogressing? You know, there's no stagnancy in the realm of the spirit. You're either moving forward or you're going backward. You don't sit on the fence. So I want to provoke the man on the inside of you to begin to examine all these things. And we begin to see the word of God come alive in our life. The Bible talked about Jesus being anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Acts 10, 38. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. If we want to do the same thing, you've got to have the Holy Spirit and you have to have power. Because this conflict is a power conflict. It's a power conflict between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. It's a power... Glory to God. It's not a grammar conflict. It's not uh, phonetics. It's a power conflict. And that power is found in the word of God. The word of God that you have yada, that you have chewed, has become flesh inside of you. Not head knowledge, heart knowledge. Glory to God. You begin to look at it again. Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, it will show us. So the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary for any believer to have any type of impact in the kingdom of God. Your preaching will be different as, as your knowledge of the word of God and relationship with the Holy Spirit grows. Everything you do will be different. Because the word is, in him is life. In the word is life. And life, when life touches anything, it comes alive. It touches your marriage, it comes alive. It touches your job, it comes alive. It touches your family, it comes alive. That's what the word of God promised. So it's your job to contend for that. I told you about Joseph. The Bible says the word of the Lord tested him. You are going to have to pass the test of the word. Do I truly believe it? Or I'm just saying it as an, a slogan. Or to make me feel better. Do I really believe that he's my healer? Do I really believe he's my provider? Do I really believe it? Amen? The Bible says 
in Luke 24, 49. Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem. 24, 29, rather. Luke 24, 29. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Glory to God. 29. Oh, I think I have the wrong reference there. 49. Thank you. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but you tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Wait a minute. Jesus, we've been hanging around you for the last three and a half years. We've seen you do all these miracles, turn water to wine. Do all, we, know, we know your tricks. We know the trick of the trade. <laughs> but Jesus was like, no, no, no. You don't know the real secret, the, the, uh, the secret ingredient that makes that uh, bond cake pop. You don't know the secret. The secret is the Holy Ghost. He said, wait, no matter what you do, don't, 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 don't go out and preach until you are endued with power. That's why I don't understand ministers that do not have the Holy Spirit. I don't know how they do it. Jesus said, wait until you are filled with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Because he is the power source. The Holy Spirit is the secret of the church. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. The Holy Spirit is the secret of the church. Uh, in other words, the effective, conquering, and overcoming believer of the, all the church. If you see an effective, conquering, and an overcoming believer, you see a, a believer that is full of the Holy Spirit. A believer that has a, a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Or a church. Or the, the larger church of the body of Christ. The extent to which we conquer or produce fruit can be largely traced to the impact we allow the Holy Spirit to have in our lives. In our church, in our home, in our business, in our career, in our family. The list goes on. If you go to John 14. John 14. And I love to have men and women around me that provokes me, that pushes me to do more, to pursue him more. Men and women that I see graces showing in their life, I say, Lord, I want that. What she has, I want it. What he carries, I want it. And then I go before the Lord. I say, Lord, I want, I want to, I want to, <laughs> glory to God. You know what I'm talking about. You have to have that desire on the inside of you. Luke, John 14, 15 to 18. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandment. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, uh, paraclete, another one like me, that he may abide with you forever. He is the spirit of truth of whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or know him, but you know him, for he dwells with you at this moment. He dwells with you, but when he comes upon you, it will be in you. 
I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus is emphasizing the need of the Holy Spirit in doing the works of Jesus. The partnership or the relationship with the Holy Spirit in doing the works of Jesus. Imagine how the Holy Spirit can help you with your family, with your ministry, your career, raising your children, uh, your finances. I've had testimonies of men and women that had nothing, and all of a sudden it runs into millions because they partner with the Holy Spirit, and the Lord tells them what to do, and they are faithful in their tithing, in their giving. Amen? In fact, when you look at Scripture, everyone that got close to God got wealthy. Abraham was loaded. Job was loaded. I mean, we can list them. The list goes on. David was blessed. Solomon was blessed. Glory to God. Because that's one of the biggest problems in the church. Sickness and lack. Those are the two twin problems of the body of Christ. I was listening to uh, a woman of God, give, or a man of God, somebody, um, somebody of God, gave uh, statistics that 85% of the body of Christ is dealing with some type of sickness or some type of disease, including people on the pulpit. 85%. And the Bible said that the price for sickness and disease has been paid. So there's got to be some reason behind that. It's not that the price has not been paid. It's because we don't know, either, either we don't know that this is true for us, or we don't qualify to receive it because of unbelief, because of living in uh, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will cut you out. Of the, of the blessings of God. You know, somebody cut you off, or if usually, usually, the type of unforgiveness that stays for weeks, for months, for years, is with people that are close to you, your relative, people that are close to you, your family. It's very easy for us to forgive uh, somebody that's not part of your family, like a friend like a stranger. We forgive them. It's like, oh, go, go, go. But family, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, we just hold on to it like a dog with a bone. And the devil likes that because it blocks the blessing of God from coming to us. So I want us to do an examination of our heart tonight. That's a word for everybody in this house. Is there a place where you have not forgiven? Maybe that's what's holding that miracle from manifesting. Amen. Because the enemy is a very seasoned lawyer in the court of heaven. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He will show up in court and say, Dave shouldn't have that healing. And I'll prove it to you, Lord. You know, I learned something else. I'm giving you some gems that the Lord is showing me. I learned something in the courts. They call something, um, I forget the uh, legal term. You cannot lie in court. Perjury. Thank you. Perjury. I just remembered it before you said it. Perjury. You, when you lie in court, it's called perjury. So when Satan shows up in court against you, he can't lie. That's the one area, one place he cannot lie. 
outside of court, he's a liar, he's a thief, he's all of that. Armed robbers, he, he will steal, he will rob you blind. Outside of court. But in court, when he presents a case before the righteous judge, he has to be honest. Because everything presented in the court of God has to be true. And God, being a righteous judge, when he presents a case against you, and you are not even there to defend yourself, or you show up, you, don't, you are not skilled in the word, the Bible says, by your stripes I'm healed. That's you presenting your case. Lord, your word says, none shall suffer like the number of my days I will fulfill. I'm not supposed to die. I'm just 20. I'm just 50. I'm just 70. Lord, this is what your word says. That's you presenting your case. Amen? So what if the guy shows up and you never show up because you are too busy eating bonbon or you are too busy doing whatever you do, then you lose by default. I think the Lord is speaking to us this morning, I mean tonight, poking us a little bit and waking us up, especially in, in, in the area of our prayer life. What is your prayer life today? Have you prayed today? If I'm going to ask, don't answer the question. Have you prayed today? I'm not talking about, dear Lord Jesus, good morning, thank you, I'm on my way, I'll see you later. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about prayer. Amen? Now we wonder why we don't see, and I know we had prayer this morning. If many of you joined, I wasn't able to because I was at work. But I'm talking about your own personal prayer time, your prayer altar. You know, um, growing up in Africa, we do all kinds of pit fire to cook. You've seen some images. That was, some people still, some part of Africa still do that. But, you know, you get to some homes in Africa, Beyonce will be like, huh? So don't think that we are all hanging on, on trees like monkeys, no. There are people driving Bentleys in Nigeria, driving Rolls Royce in Nigeria, and there are people that don't have anything. The difference between Africa and the West is the gap is so wide between the haves and the have-nots. So I just want to clarify that. So we have this part where you cook, and there's a proverb my, my parents used to say to us. If the, the pit, the fire pit is dead, all kinds of animals will lay on it, snake, Checking, they will lay on it because there's no fire there. But if there's fire there, they dare not. In other words, if your prayer life is hot, if it's on fire, demons and devils and they don't, they, they, there's no place for them to land. It's too hot. So what's my prayer life like? What's your prayer? Is it dead and cold and damp? There's nothing happening there. Or is it on fire? I know I'm bringing some, some, some big word tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I hope you still like me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is very necessary. Another, another necessary key, which comes from the Holy Spirit, is the anointing. If you look at Isaiah 10, 27, the Bible says, It shall come to pass in that day that the burden will be taken away from your shoulder and the yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Somebody described the anointing 
like electricity. You know, electricity is the power of God in the natural realm. The Holy Ghost power, the anointing, is the power of God in the spiritual realm. It's a spiritual power, a spiritual force. Amen? The anointing of God is the power of God upon an individual to achieve supernatural feats, whether it's a ministry or in secular work, in your family, or whatever area God has called you into. It's also referred to as the power, or from the word dynamo, it's the Greek word dunamis, where we get the word dynamo, power, the grace and the ability of God. John G. Lake said, electricity is God's power in the natural realm, while the anointing is like God's power in the supernatural realm. That power, just like if you put your hand on electricity, you know, because it's going to zap you and it tells you, it's going to tell you, you better back off, glory to God. The same thing with the power of God in the realm of the spirit. It's, it's like that. It's like, not, I didn't say it's, it's like, glory to God. The Bible says Jesus was anointed with that same power. You and I need that power. Because, again, the conflict between the kingdom of light and darkness is a conflict of power. What is your prayer like, look like? And you generate power. In, in One of the places where you generate power is in your prayer life. In your prayer life. In your prayer life. Oh, I'm telling you, the Lord has been leading me to pray some prayers I've never heard myself pray before in the last two or three weeks. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just flabbergasted about what's coming out of my mouth. I'm praying in tongues and I'm praying in English. And I'm saying some things, I'm like, what? And, I'm, and the Lord is, by the Holy Spirit, it will lead me to scripture. I say, go to this scripture. And then I'll go there. And it's there. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. And I'm writing, I'm writing this, all these powerful notes. And I'm, I've shared some of the, uh, the secrets that the Lord showed me so far about this. But I want to, encourage, I want to provoke you, brothers and sisters, what we are saying about this book is true. So if it's not true yet in your life, you need to go to him and say, Lord, why is this word not true in my life? What, 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 what do I need to add? Amen? The word of God is true. And for, me, for you and I to experience it, there's got to be something. It, it might be a test of the word. Might not be anything is wrong, just a test of the word. You gotta be stay faithful and hold on. But there are other dimensions of it, like generational curses, or somebody that's been afflicted by a spirit, a spirit of infirmity. They don't need healing. You need to cast the devil out. Once you cast the devil out, then the infirmity stops. So if you are putting uh, medicine for a headache and you are using it to treat stomachache. It's not going to work. You see what I'm saying? That's why you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you, no, you are backing against the wrong tree. That's not the cause of this. The cause of this is the presence of a devil. And I need you to exercise your authority and tell it to leave. And it may not be the presence of a devil. It may just be your body just developed that thing. It was just a freak, whatever situation that made it develop it. And in that case, you need healing. So everything that you and I need is already available in the Word. And with the help of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, it will lead us to where we need to go. 
And what does the anointing mean to a believer? The anointing means everything. Many people think that the power of the Holy Spirit or the anointing is only for preaching or for ministers, for pastors, for music ministers, but it's for believers. Let's go to Exodus 35. I'm going to run through this real quick. Exodus 35. I want to show us some quick examples. Exodus 35. Look at verse 30. It's about this guy called Bezalel and Aholiab. Look at 30. The Bible says, And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Huri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic work, to work in gold and in silver and in bronze, in cutting jewels for settings, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. You see the anointing of God upon a guy to do craftsmanship. So the anointing of God is not just for healing for church, quote-unquote. The anointing of God is for raising your children. The anointing of God is for everyday activity. Everyday activity. You see that with this, this man, the Spirit of God is on him. In wisdom and understanding. The anointing of God will teach you what to do with your finances. The anointing of God will teach you how to uh, address that situation that seems difficult. I don't know. There's no way to figure this out. The Lord has an answer for everything. <laughs> Glory to God. The Lord has an answer. Just, um, uh, Pharaoh had a dream and it perplexed him. He doesn't even remember the dream. Very difficult. And he's saying, you guys must tell me, in, interpret my dream. Interpret my dream. We see that also with Daniel. Interpret my dream. Well, Daniel went back to God. He said, the secret things belong unto God. That thing that's difficult, that's perplexing you right now, there's an answer in the Holy Spirit. There's an answer in him. Go to him. Glory to God. So the anointing of God is available for every aspect of our life. If you look at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7, the Bible talked about Philip, Stephen, and six others that were listed. The Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. And because of that, they changed the course of their environment. They changed the course of their, their space. How do I get anointed? I have to just run through this because of time. How do I get anointed? One of the ways is by the laying on of hands, by impartation. Acts chapter 8, verse 18, 1 Timothy 4, 14. Paul said, I have put my hands on you by the laying on of the hands of the eldership. You receive. And that's why you have to be very careful who's putting their hands on you. Amen. You have to be very careful who's putting there because just like the anointing that the power of God is transferred through laying on of hands, the other side is transferred that way too. Glory to God. I remember when I was little because we grew up in a, an environment where we are very acutely aware of the spiritual realm, the demonic and God side. When we want to go to our hometown, 
my brothers can bear me witness because sometimes they watch my video. When we go to our hometown, my dad would tell us, don't let anybody touch your head because they will remove your intelligence, they will remove your brain. And he wasn't joking. So when we get to our hometown, all these aunties and uncles, and they want to hug us, and you better back up. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, you see all these kids running around. But then I found out that, yeah, that's one way they can you know, attack you. But they can attack you without touching you, spiritually. So anyway, that was just silly, uh, running away from them because they can attack you some other ways. But I just wanted to point out that you can receive anointing by laying on of hands. You can also receive anointing by prophecy, by words. Remember this old thing that you and I are walking on right now was made by the word. <laughs> All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life by words. Oh, if we have time, I will show you. Uh, I think we talked about that last time. Jesus was sending the disciples. He was sending them out, the 12 and then the 70. And I, I think I share with you, I was asking God, how did you give them the anointing? He just spoke it. He released it to them by words. By words, by prophecy, you can receive an anointing by, by words. If you look at 1 Timothy uh, 4.14. By prophecy. What is prophecy? Inspired utterance. It's words. Also, you can get anointed by association. By association. By being around the people that are anointed. Jacob and Laban. If you look at Genesis 30, 27, when you get home, you can study this. Genesis 30, 27. Elisha and Elijah. By association. Amen? I want a double portion of your anointing. Elisha was not the only son of the prophet, but it was the one that was stuck to him. I'm not letting you go. I'm getting this anointing. He stood by him until the last moment. He said, if you see me when I'm caught away, then you get it. By association, you can get anointed by association. So that's why I, I mind the company that I keep. It's not um, classism, no. I mind the company that I keep. And it's not just by association in terms of uh, physical proximity, but the kind of messages you feed on, the kind of people you feed on. You know, there was a man of, there's a man of God, uh, Bishop David Oedepo, mighty apostle, prophet in the continent of Africa, mighty miracles, mighty ministry, big. I mean, he built the largest auditorium in the world. This was many years ago, 50,000 seats. They would do four services. 50,000 people would show up for four services. <laughs> now there's another church now in Nigeria that has 100,000 people, and the place is packed for church service. 100,000 people gathered, and they do multiple services too. So anyway, this man was talking about, uh, I know his voice because I fed on him growing up. Now, he has one of his associate pastor, who's the, like the second, in com second in rank, if you look at the hierarchy of the ministry. So I was listening to a message one day, and somebody sent me a clip. And I was listening to it. For the first 30 seconds to a minute, I could have sworn I was listening to the main guy. Because it sounded just like him. Because of proximity, because he stayed with him, they are now speaking the same way. 
they are speaking the same way. So I was saying, my goodness, the spirit of Elijah doth rest upon Elisha. You want to be anointed? Be around people that carry it. Be around people that already has it. It will rub off on you. Glory to God. The same thing with the darkness. Stay away from people that carry all kinds of evil and darkness. You can get it that way. By words. You can get anointed by words. Jesus gave the disciples power. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Luke 9, verse 1, Mark chapter 6, verse 7. Words are used, also used to release spiritual substance to men. Let's look at Genesis 1.28. You know this. Genesis 1. Look at verse 28. The Bible says, Then God blessed them and did what? And said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. When Israel was going to die, he released words over his sons. And what he said over them stuck with them. Amen. When Abraham was going to die, he released words. When all these patriarchs are going to die, they will call their children to them and they begin to bless them. It's not like they give them a pile of money. It's not that they give them some goods, even though they left that. But the best gift that they gave them was word. They released words. I remember one day the Lord led me to go back, go to my dad and, you know, prostrate, you know, like we do in Africa, you know, respect, honor him and say, Dad, I want you to bless me. I came from college. I went to my dad. It was just me and him. I said, Dad, I want you to bless me. And I, I laid on. There's a blessing of the father, your biological father. Just like your father can curse you, your father can bless you. And it's not, they are not slapping your face. They are releasing words. Words. Words are power. Because the word of God is, the, is where all of it came from. And we are created in his image. We are a speaking spirit. Glory to God. Our time is gone. I apologize. Uh, you can study the rest of the material. I think uh, you can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, study the rest of the material. And I just want to bless God for what he has been able to give us and the time we have been able to spend together. I hope this has been a blessing to you guys. And it wasn't, um, <laughs> praise the Lord. I wish we had more time, but... We will always uh, have more time for other things. But I just want to encourage everybody tonight. The heart of the Father is saying, come. Come to me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. Don't give up your faith. Don't give up your, the word of God. Don't give up the confidence that you have in his word. Because if you don't give up, it will produce. It will not lie. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for my warrior sisters, my warrior brothers. Lord, I speak to the destiny that you have ordained on the inside of them. I speak to the potential that is on the inside of every one of us and those that are watching from home, that this potential will come alive, will mushroom, will begin to germinate and bud and become what you have truly called us to be. Some of us, we are already running in it already. But we are not where you want us to be. So I pray, Lord, that you will draw us into deeper fellowship with you. You will draw us away from our, the busyness of our day, the busyness of our lives. 
to come away with you just like Jesus did, always spending time in the secret place. And because of what he did in the secret place, we see power demonstrated in the public place. Lord, I pray, oh God, that we'll know this secret and we'll not just know it in our head, but we actually put it into practice. And we'll begin to see the works of Jesus manifested in the sphere of our influence and the name of the Lord will be glorified in our lives. And Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that's going through any situation in their life, whether it's in their health, whether it's their family, whether it's their career. Lord, I pray, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus for a miracle, wonder, signs to be manifested in their life. Lord, let this word produce what you have, you have sent it to do in every one of our lives. And Lord, let your name and your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord.